0: On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we are discussing privilege and polyamory, the different advantages and disadvantages that are easy to forget about when approaching non-traditional relationships.
1: And I hope you enjoy those of you who are watching the YouTube video. That for mm-hmm. our discussion on privilege, we're sitting in this tropical paradise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. At least it seems that way. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yes. Uh, Jason and I are currently dog sitting for some friends mm-hmm. who live by the beach in this like amazing, amazing home. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really lovely. And Emily came down to visit. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Uh, and so Paul did is Paul. here somewhere. Yeah. He's been over there playing
2: with <laughs> yeah. the dogs and Pokemon.
1: So for, like, a week, we get to experience the privilege of having a gigantic home, basically. Yeah, having
0: a nice big home on the beach. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because why not? It's
0: pretty amazing. Um, All right, so
1: how do we start this off? Well, okay, so privilege, I feel like it's definitely been a buzzword.
2: Yes. at least for quite a while. Especially in talking about polyamory as well, because there has been a lot of talk lately about it only being for the privileged. Yeah, only being a thing that white upper middle class educated people do.
1: Right, and I think I think people get scared talking about privilege, or privileged people get scared um, (laughs) (laughs) talking about privilege, um, because it can surprisingly become a very emotionally charged topic when I really don't think that it has to be. Yeah. Actually, when we break it down. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think people get triggered by it?
1: Well, I think that if we come up to someone and, and they're successful or happy with their life or are proud of the things they've accomplished and we talk about privilege that Mm -hmm. people often conflate privilege with like, oh, it was all easy for me, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um,
2: or that they didn't work hard to get to...
0: Yeah, yeah to the or that they didn't that make at.
1: efforts, that so they didn't work hard, things like mm-hmm.
0: that. Um, and it's a tricky thing, because often when people do accuse someone of having privilege, they are kind of meaning it that way. Hmm. Like, that's the tricky part, is that I think from both sides, it's easy to get too defensive about it, but it is also from another side to kind of be like, oh, well, whatever, everything you did was easy because you were privileged. Yeah. right that there, It can come from either side, mm-hmm. that it can be this... This difficult thing of conflating privilege with meaning you didn't have to work for anything. Well, but my thing is,
1: like, I have a problem with talking about privilege because of the fact that we tend to put it on this, like, linear scale of easy to difficult. And, like, that's Mm -hmm. all we're operating on. And, my whole big thing like, so the same way that i get frustrated that we put human sexuality on the scale of for like sure. data straight yeah right. when really it's more like a web yeah right, you know sure, right. that i feel the same way about privilege and disadvantage as well that it's not like you're on the scale of of having an easy time or having a difficult time that right. it's like different arenas are going to be easier or more difficult for you or more complicated or more simple or whatever depending Certainly. on different layers of identity which is all you know intersectionality which is a whole other top podcast topic
0: <laughs> yeah well i do think that's worth worth addressing oh for yeah? you know, sure what, what intersectionality really mm-hmm. is because that's mm-hmm. also starting to be like a little more of a buzzword yeah. at least uh, at least amongst the people who you know are, are on my social media or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah well do you care to explain it uh, well, Dedeker's been the well, one who's my, uh, been my kind first, of reading up
0: on this.
1: Yeah, yeah, my first inroad into intersectionality was through the term intersectional feminism specifically. Mm-hmm. And it was this idea that, you know, so if feminism is this certain body of beliefs, but it's really important to look at it through an intersectional lens, as yeah. in recognizing that, like, the issues facing a white woman are different from the issues facing a black woman, are different mm-hmm. uh, from issues facing a trans woman. Yeah. You know, and so that the feminist agenda can't necessarily just be painted with this broad brush yeah, about what needs to be prioritized or not. That right. And again, it's not placing it on the, like, well, this group suffers more, this group suffers less, but it's kind of like we both suffer and enjoy different advantages differently mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. each other based yeah. on these complex identities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that it does focus ideally focus on kind of understanding the differences and the different challenges for people uh, rather than just trying to say who has it better or worse.
1: So, I think that's the important thing to keep in mind when discussing privilege and disadvantage is that it gets really easy for people to attach to just one factor mm-hmm. of like gender or race and mm-hmm. to kind of use that one factor to determine everything about what a person's privilege might be when really it's very, very complex. Yeah.
0: Right. And that, and that none of us can really know what another person's life is like without, yes. without living it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, I think that we created this big old list of of kind of different factors that would affect your privilege or lack thereof, mm-hmm. and some of them are very obvious things that come up a lot in our daily lives and in news coverage and things like that. Right. Things like race is probably mm-hmm. the yeah. biggest one that's yeah. that's been at the forefront for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a subsidiary of race based privilege, 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 of a subsidiary of race privilege um, uh-huh. is skin color, and they're not exactly the same thing. Right. Yeah, because
2: there's passing.
1: Yeah, of course, there's passing. If people can pass as white, mm-hmm. they're more likely to have privilege. If they're light, just lighter skinned, if mm-hmm. they're still a person of color but lighter skinned, they right. are more likely to be treated better or yeah. right. seen as trustworthy or seen as good than someone who has much darker skin. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, and we see this in other countries as well that definitely mm-hmm. will sort of... Um, you know give more favoritism to a certain type of skin tone over another one or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. you know regardless of like yeah. even if their dominant culture is not Caucasian even within their own there will still be some discrimination with skin color, skin color. like that is yeah. something that can transcend just race based yeah
1: I heard once that wolves do the same thing actually Oh, really? No, no, really. I need to corroborate this. I actually, I think I learned this from a Barbara king Salter novel. Um, really? <laughs>
2: which one?
1: Uh, I forget which one, but, tides two but I think it was Prodigal Summer. Um, oh, okay. I think but that, that, like, wolves, if if the, the pack is primarily a particular color of fur, uh-huh. and one comes along that's, or is born, that's, like, significantly darker or significantly lighter, that they're more likely to be weird not, not to that one. Not be as friendly one. to it. Huh. Really but, to be fair, like, it came out of a novel, so maybe she was just pulling it out of her ass. Yeah, yeah who we knows? Have to research that. <laughs> so um, so yeah,
0: gender
2: yeah. identity is another one. Of course, one, yeah, that's
1: I mean. another one that's really at the forefront. Right. So, yeah.
0: gender identity meaning not only, um, you know, not only whether you're male or female because that's something that gets talked about a lot, um, but also just whether you are cisgender or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
0: whether you identify with the gender that other people see you as. Totally. Yeah. Right
1: now, I'm experiencing a lack of privilege because a bug just flew into my drink. And we will often tell men, and like you guys like, have micro male privilege, <laughs> yes, having that's a true. drink without a bug in it, okay, sorry,
0: yeah, uh yeah, right, right, that that is uh, sort of an easy one because mm-hmm. we do tend to divide people a lot along those lines, yeah, um, but some others that might not be as obvious um are things like level of education, mm-hmm. um I know this one, people might be like, "What are you talking about, but there is definitely you know just based on the amount of education that you have could give you advantages in certain fields and even could give you advantages in dating yeah right if that's the dating pool that you're looking at Yeah. yeah
2: i definitely for a long time if i found out that like someone that i was dating had not gone to college it made me give it gave me pause and made me think like wow what's What's wrong with that person uh-huh. that they didn't go to college? Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's as prevalent now.
1: Well, you no, know, but... it's so funny because like, when I was in college and mm-hmm. I had friends who had chosen not to go to college that I had those same thoughts of, like, what is wrong with this person? Like, yeah. uh, maybe they're like they're like a little bit more mm-hmm. of a failure or something like sure, that. When yeah. I realized like that's so generational. That, it is. Like I think yeah. our parents generation really pushed everyone needs to go to college <laughs> right. yeah. or else you are going to be a failure yeah. and a dropout. Um, yeah. And then you know we saturated the market with college degrees and right. here yeah. we are. But, um, but <laughs> you know it wasn't for many years that I realized like actually you know what not only is college not accessible to everybody for sure. but at least in the United States but also like it's just not the right choice for everybody yeah. at the same right. time. Right but it's not
0: really necessary for everybody. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And going along with a uh, level of education is also socioeconomic status. Yeah, because um, I do think that going to college is sort of tied into this socioeconomic status of like, oh, if you've gone to college it means you're more well to do or, or whatever. Well, and, uh, yeah. Even though it might really just Put you more in debt.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Is it either like it could be that like you could afford to get into like a very very prestigious very expensive school, Mm -hmm. which could be because yeah, which could be because your parents are rich, or it could be because Mm -hmm. like you're anticipating to take on a bunch of debt. Yeah, (laughs) you know, and you're okay with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or socioeconomic status also in terms of, um, you know, your level of income. What kind of stuff you have. Do you have this beautiful backyard Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you can invite all your partners over for a barbecue? Uh (laughs) Uh (laughs) Or do you live, you know, with roommates in an apartment?
1: Yeah, Yeah, so that's that's the other thing is like you can imagine like two people who maybe go to the same college, Mm -hmm. maybe like mid-range university or something like that. And then the person who comes from a background where they're rich enough that like they don't have to work, their way from uh, college job, yeah. versus sure. the person who does have to take on three jobs so they can afford going through college it's like mm-hmm. even though they could be studying the same subject they could be equally as smart right you know they could be have just as much potential as each other but because of that slightly slightly you know different background and privilege it may affect right. their entire future and yeah. mm-hmm. how that you know, affects them. So or yeah. the mom who,
2: like, has to work during the day and then go to and night school. And then go to school. night school,
1: exactly. Yeah. In like, the evening. Right. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. give us another one?
1: Yeah, another one that people don't think about is ethnic background, which, again, is different from race. Ethnic mm-hmm. background. Right. And then another one that I didn't even think about till I was researching, doing research for the book, was also refugee status. Yeah. Um, and that's something that has mm-hmm. become suddenly very relevant, mm-hmm. you know, with all these discussions around whether or not to let in a certain number of Syrian refugees yeah. or right. refugees who are coming from um you know muslim majority countries or yeah. even people who are refugees coming from south and central america yeah yeah definitely. you know yeah. um yeah mm. certainly
0: right um this uh, is one that
1: i know nothing about <laughs> well, <let's, laughs> no that's
0: our list is religion I
1: suppose.
2: well i mean that is an interesting question like because i was i feel as though i'm a minority paul and actually paul and i were actually talking about this on the way up he's like you're in the minority of people that i know because almost everyone that i know had a religious background Mm -hmm. growing up Mm -hmm. and you didn't that's Mm -hmm. very
1: odd Mm -hmm. and i don't know
2: if it necessarily made me less or more privileged it kind of depends on where you grow up like yeah Yeah. what
1: communities you move in Mm -hmm. yeah if you're an atheist like in a lot of especially very christian communities that's a very right. dirty word
0: really Relang- oh yeah Jews. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, definitely yeah. well i mean if you look at the united states we have never had a president who's anything but christian exactly. you're right, right? Yeah. every can, it, single one and it
1: you can be very a jewish s- president <laughs> <laughs> well and it can be very simple things like whatever it is that your chosen religion is like is there a place of worship in your town Sure. And it's like, sure. if you're Christian, yeah. like, I can Definitely. guarantee, <laughs> like, chances are, at least in the United States, you'll probably be able to find a church. Right. Quite easily. Whether it's in your chosen denomination or not, that's a different story, but much, probably much easier than if you're a Muslim right. or yeah, a Buddhist or, or for sure, anybody yeah. else. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um, then we also have disability. Yeah. Uh, and this I mean, can be both physical and mental disability. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is a big one that I think a lot of people, uh, it's easy to forget about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, yeah. when when you are kind of, taking an inventory of what kind of privilege do I have, Mm -hmm. right, Um, is that a lot of people forget about this one and just kind of take for granted that everyone else's body works the same as theirs Mm -hmm. or that everyone else's brain works the same as theirs, right?
1: I had this interesting... Actually, I saw this really interesting thread where people were... Actually, it was kind of a controversial thread, I believe, in a solo polyamory group because, you know, obviously the tenets of solo polyamory usually involve, like, not wanting to cohabit with somebody right and some certain solo polyamorous being like yes like i totally agree with this and i'm into that but like i have this disability where like i need someone to care for me like i need someone to live with me whether that's a romantic partner or not and so if i choose to live with a romantic partner because i need someone to care for me does that mean that like I'm now, now I'm, in, like, couples, solo, now I'm in like couples privilege yeah, mode, yeah, you know? I'm, I'm gonna be um, shunned
2: by the solo polyamorous.
1: Exactly, community. like these things that we really don't necessarily yeah. think about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. Which, I mean, kind of, like we talked about in our solo poly episode, and I think is important to bring up, uh, for this talk about privilege as well, is that it's not sort of, uh, one's better than another.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think it's, it's
0: really easy to, in these discussions, get attached to the idea that, Like, the less privilege I have, the better person I am somehow, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or people will try to really... you know, come up with ways to show how other people have more privilege than them, because mm-hmm. because that makes them feel better. And I think same with solo poly, that idea of like people can think, oh well, I have to be this, this, and that mm-hmm. in order to be the most solo poly, because somehow that's better. <laughs> somehow yeah, it's better I mean, right? if I'm super independent. Right. Then, yeah. I mean, yeah. also even just the discussion about polyamory at all—that we can people can easily get caught up in the idea that polyamory is somehow more involved, or more enlightened or, yeah. More yeah. Enlightened just or better. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So with all of this, it is—it's not. There's not a value to it. No, there's not a better. They're or worse. just things to be aware of. Sure. Yeah. yeah so things to understand.
2: Age one that I definitely have like tried to come to terms with as I've gotten older. A
1: privilege <laughs> around surrounding age well, or lack sure. thereof surrounding e- age. Exactly. Yeah. I
2: yeah. mean, just that that especially within Los Angeles, for instance, in this mm-hmm. area. That, you know, everything that's coveted is young and beautiful Mm -hmm. and sexualized and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if you are those things, you're going to be seen as privileged. Um, And I don't know. I mean, older people... I guess they can put a privilege upon themselves saying, like, well, I'm older and wiser. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, it depends on the arena, right? For it could sure. Be like in, Absolutely. A, in a tree Depending. arena, it could be like, no, you're far too young. Yeah. And, you like, haven't lived enough. You haven't lived enough yeah. or things like that. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I feel like discussions around ageism show up specifically in the poly community. On both sides of the fence, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I see people talking about, like, I'm an older poly person and I feel know. like no one wants me no one wants to sure. hang out with me no one even wants to date me when I go to these poly events and then also right. people who are like I'm a younger poly person I just feel like it's a bunch of old geezers <laughs> um, and old hippies um, and yeah. there's no one who's my age so yeah right. it goes yeah. across the yeah, whole spectrum it can kind
0: of depend uh-huh. that's true
1: yeah. uh, related to what we were talking about a little bit with disability but it's also living situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know if you're in a place where you have to have a roommate sure. or maybe you, you don't have a house that's uh, you like know, you, it's like this, <laughs> where you can't have like, sleepovers very easily or live with multiple partners. Yeah, um, certainly. Yeah. Or maybe you're in a situation where you have roommates or you're living with family members who are not okay with what you're doing with your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like bringing someone over to stay the night is just not an option. Yeah, certainly. You know, maybe you can't yeah. be out. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Another one kind of going along with that is relationship status. Mm. Yeah. Um, this comes a lot, up a lot as uh, couples' privilege. Um, And then there's also married privilege, which is kind of like a subset of couples privilege, Uh um, but where there is, um, you know, definitely some advantages to being married in terms of how people view you, how you're looked at. I guess I could also argue there are some disadvantages when it comes to dating being married. Some people would argue that's harder, actually. Exactly.
2: Yeah, we just got that email from a person who was married saying that Mm -hmm. it was challenging at times because they felt as though like there was always uh, the people viewing the married couple would always put that hierarchically as number one. Even if they didn't
0: have it themselves. Exactly. That they would view them as like, oh
2: well that person's number one, I'm never going to reach that point or whatever. the
1: cool thing though about that email was that they they were making the choice to consensually and mutually divorce, Divorce, like dissolve their marriage but they were still going to stay together. But it was for that to kind of like I mean, this is a horrible... Level
2: of playing field? Yeah, to level yeah. the playing field
1: is a horrible term for it, but but, but that kind of getting rid of that, even the suggestion of that yeah. power structure being there, which right. I thought was really cool that they would be able to like do that yeah, and, it's not, very mindful. and not have it be this like super emotional yeah. dramatic thing. Yeah. yeah. Totally.
0: yeah. Um, the other part of, of married privilege or couples privilege is what we've called here as passing privilege, mm-hmm. which is basically the idea that you might be polyamorous, but in your normal day-to-day life, you can pass as a quote, normal, monogamous yes, couple, right? Yeah. And there's definitely advantages that come to that yeah, in terms of all sorts of things. Yeah, because right.
1: because the dyad, the married dyad, is what we're so used to seeing, right. versus somebody who's maybe raising a child with Two partners together yeah. and they don't have the choice necessarily to try to pass as just a couple <laughs> um, right. Right. or someone who doesn't want to pass as as a couple you know yeah. who's right. hap- quite happy to forego that privilege mm-hmm. in exchange of being out yeah right. right yeah for sure. we were
0: also bringing up that um, other types of non-monogamy like swingers for example yeah. have a much easier time passing because those also Uh, generally are not relationships that you would be, like, out on a date with someone else who's not your husband or wife or or boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever. You can kind of keep things Um, very
1: private. Right,
0: right. So that it's just like, oh, yeah, in my normal life, I never have to deal with any of those concerns that would come from having these other relationships because it's all a secret thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What else?
1: Yeah, tell me about the sexual privilege one. Who added
0: that? Yeah, so sexual privilege, um, and what I mean here is... Being a sexual person, mm, uh, interesting, and that this is specifically about someone who might be asexual, for example. Right. Um, there's definitely, you know, we talked about in an earlier episode this concept of amato normativity. Mm-hmm. Oh, you used the word. I know, oh, the word finally, um, that uh, with amato normativity is this idea that everyone wants like it's sort of thought of as universal that everyone wants sex i can't even tell you how many like advice columns and other things out there are kind of based on the assumption that everybody wants sex even like a lot of the arguments for polyamory are specifically kind of focused on sex and the fact that we all want it and that we don't want it with just one person things like that and it's like well what about these people who don't want to have sex at all like Mm -hmm. that's not a thing they're interested in Um, in terms of when you think about that in comparison, the amount of privilege you have if you're someone who does like to have sex in terms of dating. Yeah. It's much easier to find people who expect you to have sex with them to date sure. than someone who's okay with not. Yeah. Um, and I hope that awareness of this is, is increasing some. But, yeah. but, and there's a whole spectrum of this, too, yeah, you know, of in course. terms of what, what kinds of sex you either want or that you can do. Yeah. Right, maybe yeah. physically you might have certain limitations mm-hmm. um, that would limit types of sex that you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: interesting. Um, so we're almost through this list, you guys. There's
2: like so mm-hmm. many. I know. Um, yeah. I know one one that we didn't, or that was back when we were talking about gender, male versus mm-hmm. female. I wanted to bring up. I um, have been around certain feminist uh, feminist groups who talk about trans right. people as mm-hmm. not being. Feminine enough or you're not understanding the female essentially experience. I see, yeah. Um, and how difficult and not okay I think that is yeah. because it's essentially like grouping. People who have maybe grown up with a penis and then decide, or you know, know like, hey, I am uh, actually a woman. I'm mm-hmm. going to transition into that. For feminists to say, hey, it's that's not a real thing. Well, that's the
1: thing is, I feel like that's feminism that's so based around just like the rights of biological females sure. versus Sorry. like. I mean, I thought that that one of the definitions of feminism was just this belief that all human beings should be treated equal. Well, exactly. You know? Well, it's <laughs> funny.
0: I was I was one of the workshops that I was leading at the retreat. Like, almost got into a big argument oh, between geez. some people uh, about specifically the definition of feminism I see. as it relates to that. Is it about women or is it about equality for everybody? Yeah, and. The, the, th- the thing that I did there is I was just like, whoa, 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 stop. Like, this is not the subject <laughs> no. of the discussion we're having today. Yeah. We're not going to go there. The tricky thing about this is that there isn't some, like, ruling body that decides yeah. this is the definition of feminism. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. It's this, you well, know. Well, okay. It's a, Sorry. I'm yeah. totally
1: taking this off on a little bit of a tangent okay. here, yeah, but yeah. I think it's... I actually was thinking about this earlier today. But, yeah. like, socially, we have this weird hang up with like if women are in equal positions of power that means that women must be more powerful or it must be about giving women a bunch of power Hmm. and that relates to um, anthropology actually because they find that when anthropologists like, pretty much all of the cultures that anthropologists have labeled as matriarchal, mm-hmm. right. very few of them are actually societies where women have more power than men. Interesting. Most of them are societies where it's actually a pretty equal division of labor, huh. right. and, like, they're more egalitarian. It's just that social researchers saw that, saw that women have any power,
2: and, then they're like, and labeled that's it matriarchal as a matriarchy. Society. And so that's what I feel
1: has happened with feminism, where yeah. it's like, women are trying to get power equal rights, that must mean it's all about women. Sure. Um, right.
0: right. You yeah, know? And
2: what seems to apparently scare some men like we talked about in our last episode the red pill right
0: that was two episodes ago oh yes
1: two episodes ago Uh, exactly anyway Shall I get us through the end of
0: this Yeah, list?
2: let's keep going. Yeah. yeah. So family, having children or not. Yeah, of
1: course. Different privileges available to you if you don't have children, obviously, mm-hmm. Versus, or if, if you, if you do, do have children. Yeah,
2: because um. definitely women, in my opinion, still are meant, are seen as, like, needing to have kids to be valid human beings on this planet to yeah. a lot so of There people, is a lot of
0: pressure for that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly.
2: But um, then it's going to be way harder for a woman who's working and raising a child to go on many dates. Yeah. Yeah, that's another factor of course Um, things
1: like having your extended family around or Mm -hmm. not you know so Mm -hmm. for instance if you do have kids it is very easy to be like oh grandma lives with us so she's going to watch the kids or or aunt and uncles live with us so they're going to watch the kids yeah um, yeah Or even things just like I'm heading out of town and will you take care of my dogs, (laughs) you know, Um, (laughs) because I have this extended family around. Um, But then that also can be a lack of privilege because it's like I have a lack of privacy because my family's here all the time. Um, And of course, every aspect of family can affect your privilege or lack thereof, you know, such Mm -hmm. as having parents who are still together or not. Mm hmm. Parents who are still together happily, or parents who are yeah. still together not sure. so happily. No, 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 you know, yeah. Parents yeah. who two parents who are alive or not. Yeah. You know things like that. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, another one, uh, the last one on our list here, uh, is also body type and attractiveness. Yeah. Um, and this one is, you know attractiveness is tricky because uh it's subjective subjective. um and one cool thing that i heard and i wish i could remember the name of the researcher who was talking about this but was saying that it's actually a pretty unique thing in humans that we are uh, attracted to different things Mm -hmm. that like in most animals there is sort of a trait Mm -hmm. that is the attractive thing right it's like whichever bee does the best dance, it's like, (laughs) that's the one. your tail feather
1: is, like, the biggest or the brightest. Or the reddest. Or the the reddest. Or your call is, like, the loudest. That there's sort of a
0: clear, like, this is the most attractive... Everyone wants to mate with this, mm-hmm. and then less, you know, going down that scale. Whereas maybe with humans, so. yeah, you know, there's this this whole range. Um, totally, you know, and I, different
2: people like different
0: things. Yes,
1: right. yes, but
0: but yes, there but. are certainly some yes overreaching. But there is, we here. still have this yeah.
1: idea of traditional attractiveness, right. where it's like, even though maybe as a man you are so drawn to women who are like overweight, maybe even obese. You know, people right. are drawn to that
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: but it's like you're probably more likely to be shamed. For mm-hmm. being attracted for to sure. that rather than embraced right. by this idea of like, oh, yeah, we're attracted to everything, you know, right. it's yeah. like because you're not Certainly. attracted to someone who's traditionally attracted. Right. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, in terms of privilege, this can have to do with, um, you know, body types mm-hmm. uh, as well as mm-hmm. just sort of attractiveness, whatever that means within your culture and, and where you are in your community, but it yeah. is definitely a factor, and, yeah. and I would say a significant one. Absolutely. Um, you know, there Especially have been, been studies showing that, that actually attractiveness is one of the largest advantages in terms of um, getting hired for a job or not. Mm, mm, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So interesting. there's there's definitely some... There's a lot of things like that. I did want to go back real quick to our discussion about uh, when Emily brought up about um, you know feminism, talking about that that trans women couldn't be part of feminism because they haven't had the, mm, yeah. the female experience yeah. or whatever, that, that some people would say Same that. Thing, thank um, and when we were talking about this earlier, I just wanted to bring up again that idea that part of the problem there is this assumption that the most significant division between mm. people is their gender. Their
1: gender, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That
0: there could be two women who had incredibly different upbringings from sure. each other, but somehow we've made this decision that the parts of that that make it female are more important than any of those others, even though one, you know, grew up in Nigeria and the other one grew up in London, right? Like, whatever it is, those are much bigger differences probably between those two than just the similarities they have as a woman. But no one would question that both of them could be part of feminism or yeah. would have shared quote the female experience and yeah, i think that's yeah. the same is true like we talked about in our episode about the red pill yeah. that there isn't this sort of universal way that women are and there's also not this universal way that men should behave or experiences that sure. they've had or, or no. any of that yeah. um, no, and so with all of these ideas of, of privilege we do need to be aware of that like yeah. when Dedeker was talking about intersectionality yeah. it's not about sort of a you have it or you don't Right, you Mm -hmm. you have this kind of privilege, or you don't, or you have privilege, period, or you don't. Uh, It's just about understanding that there are these differences, and that you. The types of privilege that you do have, you're probably not even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that oh, that is the absolutely. ultimate. That is the
1: ultimate privilege, right? Yeah. Right. Is being able to be not aware of your privilege. Right. Yeah. Which I think is why it's so important to have these conversations. Because, mm-hmm. like, every single time I have a conversation or every single time I do any research or any reading on this, like, I always find something where I'm like, oh wow, I didn't yeah. even realize that either. I had that privilege, or that I don't have that privilege. Like, yeah. Like, sure. oh wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Right. You know. And so I think it really is so important to be to you know to be exploring Aware. these things yeah. um,
0: okay round two name something that's not boring
2: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh oh sorry we were looking for chumba casino Ch- that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com
0: no for, for a long time now we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories things like that it's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection
1: We've talked about it a little bit already when we were going through kind of our big list of of privilege, which, by the way, is far from a comprehensive list. Yes. As I said, like, we're constantly uncovering new things to think about, and I'm sure there are so many people listening out there who are Mm -hmm. aware of so many more that we didn't hit. Of Um, course. But, of course, all of these can have an effect on someone who is seeking or in a non-monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. or is trying to take part in the polyamorous community. Um, You know, obviously some of the things that we talked about, like if you have kids or not, if you're married or not. um, But there's three big ones that always tend to come up in Mm -hmm. these discussions. And one of the big criticisms of the poly community is that it's populated by mostly people who are white, uh, people who are educated, Mm-hmm. Um, and people who are usually middle class or higher yeah, income right. brackets yeah um yeah and there's a number of reasons why it appears this way um, you mm-hmm. know one of them being that if, i mean a lot of things are easier for people who are white educated and middle class totally. not just relationships right. not just polyamory um, mm-hmm. but also when it comes to media coverage or studies like these are the people who are more likely to come forward yeah. because the stakes are not as high yeah.
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: it's kind of like it's more comfortable to be out of the closet. You know, I mean, maybe it's not totally Mm risk-free, but versus someone who's, like, poor and relying on family members for financial support, somebody who has a bunch of kids, you know, um, that there's much more to lose Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. having, like, your reputation threatened, essentially Mm -hmm. by kind of being out in this very public media. Certainly,
0: certainly. yeah. mm -hmm. Um, Interesting, this was just making me think of um, back when I was... Uh, spending, I was spending a summer in Chicago when I was in college mm-hmm. uh, and was listening to the Tavis Smiley show uh, like 13 <laughs> Tavis years ago I have no <laughs> idea what that is uh, he has an NPR show now oh, or yeah. at least he did for a while but this was when he was on like a local hmm. uh, Chicago station yeah. um, on, on their like public radio station there um, but the Tavis Smiley show was doing this segment about, um, essentially about non-monogamy in the black community mm. in America mm-hmm. specifically Um, And in this one, it was talking about um, more of a a one-gender non-monogamy, where one man would have multiple girlfriends, but they were all okay with it. I see. And they were making certain dubious conclusions about why this might be and stuff like that. But it is interesting, though, that in that discussion, the word polyamory was never mentioned, and even the word Hmm. non-monogamy was never mentioned. It was more just like a thing we're doing rather than... A label this or like a, a group that movement. we're belonging to. Interesting. Um, and I think that that could be part of it as well. Um, is the fact that you know the term polyamory and sort of things like the Carista Commune and stuff, who coined a lot of the terms yeah. used in polyamory, uh, you know, were, they were white themselves, white yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's sort of yeah. coming up with a label for it um, yeah. and making it a group you could be part of or not,
1: yeah, uh, essentially. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Um, yeah, just just made me just reminded me of listening to that episode way back before Polly was on my radar yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I know that we talked about this a little bit when we had Jackie Stone on, specifically mm-hmm. about like race and diversity within the Polly community. Um, right. kind of the catch 22 that happens here is that I know people who are not white Even if it's outside the realm of dating, because I think that Mm -hmm. race within dating is its own own issue altogether, you know, it's its own kind of worms, definitely, Um, that people who are non-white, even just trying to go to like a polyamory mixer or Mm -hmm. discussion group or something that, first of all, they can feel very alienated, like if they're the only non-white person to show up, it may not feel very safe. Um, and then on the other hand, they can be very fetishized yeah, and kind of absolutely. preyed upon because yeah. like, oh, you are exotic yeah. and you are not white, mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and they can be kind of like commodified mm-hmm. to a certain extent.
0: Right. Well, for anyone who has seen the movie Get Out, uh, mm-hmm. highly yeah, recommend yeah. it. I still haven't seen it yet. If you, like, yeah. if you like thrillers and scary movies, um, it's really great, But but in it sort of this unsettling, almost like anti-racism in a sense, like still really (laughs) racism, but um you know that this white family is so interested in their daughter's black boyfriend. Yeah. In that kind of like, oh wow, look at you, you're so strong and uh, like you must be so athletic or you know, just like kind of but like in very praising positive ways. They're all like really into him. You know, but but in a very racist way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like definitely identifying someone purely by by their race, even if you're trying to say it's a positive thing. Totally. And I think that can also Be a tricky thing to navigate in the poly community as well. Um, Yeah. yeah. Another thing that Jackie brought up, though, in that episode is that there is actually a fairly large black and poly community. Yeah. yeah. But that, but that white people don't go to that either. Or so there is kind of this. Even though there might be more of it than you think, there's not a lot of this mixing um, between them. And I think that's a little bit of a a challenge that Mm -hmm. I would love to see more people taking active steps to try to to bridge that gap of course of course
2: we should be at the forefront of that or at least like starting to figure out a way to make that happen
0: yeah it's definitely something i've been thinking about a lot lately yeah kind of ways to to make that more more accessible and kind Mm -hmm. of easier for people to do and not just segregate themselves into these separate groups based on based on race or even based on um Sexual preference,
1: yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that, that you have sure. like your
0: your gay polyamory and your yeah. lesbian polyamory, and then you're mostly straight people, and you know yeah. polyamory yeah. groups. Is, though, that it's, like that they get so separated from each other, though.
1: But I can totally understand not wanting to hang out in a group of straight poly people, like no, because I mean, it's mostly totally a bunch of like unicorn hunting fuckheads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, that's, that's casting a lot of aspersions, being very negative, but right. I can totally understand why even just as like a queer woman or a bisexual woman that you wouldn't want to just go hang out at a place where it's probably going to be a lot lot of straight couples who are just opening up their relationship and want to have like snag a bye babe like i totally understand why and this
0: and this is exactly the reason why this happens Yeah. yeah right is because it's like if I'm a black and poly person, I'd rather not go to those things and try to mix those groups because I don't want to deal with it. Because yeah. I'd rather have a happy life than <laughs> yeah, stay in my community yeah. where I'm comfortable. comfortable stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I get it. I understand it. Yeah. Like that's it's a very challenging thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess I'm the not... best
1: thing you can do is try to educate. I mean, it's like if you can educate people about like. Hey, like, maybe don't be a fuckhead unicorn hunter. Totally. You know, hey, maybe don't go after someone because their ethnicity happens to turn you on. Yeah. You know, or seemingly exotic. Um, Right. Yeah.
2: Speaking about education, we're going to go back to what we spoke about earlier Um, and the stigma behind not having, like, a college level education, for example. I think that's
1: interesting because I think that. Because, again, that's the other criticism is that it's mostly just a bunch of educated people in the yeah. poly community, and I'm trying to think about that, like, is it because it's like, there's already this frustrating thing that, like, through high school, we don't really get any education about relationships, or, <laughs> or questioning relationships, yeah, or questioning culture, education. you mm. know? Yeah. And, and so then it's like, people who do go to college, they're more likely to be exposed to those discussions, those, those you know, different cultures, different ways of thinking, sure. different schools of thought. Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like I would argue that it's more has nothing to do with the education and has everything to do with socioeconomic status. Oh yeah. yeah. I would mm-hmm. say it's think more, it's that, more connected to that, that that it's yeah, totally. That it's if you're someone whose family sends you to college then you're going to be
2: seen that as you're you're more likely to feel to, yeah. that
0: security uh-huh. to be able to try alternative things mm-hmm. and not feel like you're going to lose your family support or that you're never going to be able to have a job or that you know something bad's going to happen to you because of it i I guess i would tend to come down way more on that side of the argument yeah which leads to the next
1: point (laughs) talking about income and socioeconomic level Mm -hmm. because like if you and it doesn't mean that like you have to be rich to be polyamorous but if you have
2: money to go out on dates but that's the thing if you have money to go on
1: dates if you have the ability to buy clothes at least once a month or to go out to dinner Mm -hmm. whenever you like um or to pay to attend polyconferences because they yeah. are really expensive. Totally. Oof, um, yeah. yeah, you know, or to pay for therapy because therapy is mm-hmm. ridiculously expensive. Yeah. you know, and yeah. and as we mentioned in our in our episode about therapists, like yeah. more therapists are becoming aware of this, trying to have sliding scale fees. Yeah, but expensive. it's yeah. even so sliding scale fees can still, still be expensive. really expensive, especially if it's on an ongoing basis. Yeah, that, yeah, and like especially that's if, a lot of yeah. privilege to carry not only into a relationship. But, right. or dating, but also into non-traditional mm-hmm. totally. dating at the same time. Yeah, yeah, if you're going
2: to be going out almost every night a week, it's yeah. just well, it's so... Sure. Not
0: yeah. that we
2: necessarily do that, but people I who are... Don't. Well, <laughs> but people who are super polysaturated, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whose partners expect to see them once a week. And I mean, I do have to say, lot.
1: like, All three of us have our own mixture of privileges and disadvantages. Oh, God, yes. I mean, all three of us are definitely not rich people or even middle class, really, I think, technically. (laughs) Um, Right. And and we've managed to make it work without going out on a bunch of dates every week. But but there's still, like, a certain amount of privilege. Oh, God, yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, we do represent... Essentially, what is to, what is being talked yeah. about here? Yeah, yeah. Right. we're white.
0: Definitely. We are white. We all went to college. We all went to college, mm-hmm. and and none of attractive. us are attractive. Yeah, none of us are like in danger of being evicted. No, yeah, exactly. No. Like, none of us are in it's of being all a scale, like right? Like, yeah. we may not. You know, when we really look at what are the sort of standards for oh, being yeah. middle class or whatever, we're like, oh yeah, we're really not doing so mm-hmm. good. But I don't feel that on a daily basis. Yeah, no, exactly. we, we
2: still don't yeah. have money to right. live in one of the most wealthy cities in America, if right. not the world. So, right. yeah. right, And to live And I think the other
1: thing to keep in mind also is that um, to create long-lasting relationships, there needs to be a certain amount of personal stability. Yeah. So things like... I can stay in the same place, whether that's the same city or the same apartment or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not having to hop around living with family members or things like that. Um, That if your life is such that it is, more like "quote unquote" less stable in right. that way. That it is a lot harder right. to maintain. Not only a relationship, but mm-hmm. multiple relationships at the same time. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also in terms of tying it also to having kids. Yeah. Um, whether you can afford a babysitter or not. Oh sure. gosh, yeah. right. Yeah. Or whether you have, to people, have a baby at all, or people or who mm-hmm. can do that for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads into kind of the last topic. And let me tell you. You
1: know here. what? Yes.
0: Yeah. tell you know me what? Tell me. Tell me about it.
1: Uh, Jason and I went to a sex shop yesterday
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Um,
1: Yeah. And, like, we just went just to, like, buy condoms, you know, like just you know
0: yeah. cheap stuff we were the most um, boring vanilla we were the most there. boring yeah, <laughs> in the
1: sex shop but like we we stopped and like looked around and like all the stuff you know mm-hmm. and like we didn't buy anything but i had these thoughts i was like god like all this stuff is really expensive like
2: yeah. <laughs> lingerie sure. and
1: sex toys right. and fancy lube and like all of these things are really expensive like huh like this is like this in itself is a privilege like yeah. being able to go out and buy something unique for either yourself sure. or for, for your sure, sex right. life with someone else right. is such an extreme privilege because of how yeah. expensive Expensive these things
0: are yeah yeah, and this is even sex shop stuff that like in terms of their kink BDSM gear is like shitty stuff it's shitty stuff really? right? it's not even yeah. nice that stuff people, oh yeah
1: it's like the mass produced oh, wow. BDSM right, stuff crappy yeah. faux
0: leathers whatever but like the people who are really into that scene those are incredibly expensive yeah. things that they'll have in that duffel bag they bring to the yeah. dungeon yeah, with yeah, them yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah certainly that mm-hmm. does does apply there as well yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, do you want to talk to us about families
1: I do um To kind of start to bring us home here, I I think it's interesting, like, something that, like, it really irks me, like, the media coverage Mm -hmm. that really paints polyamory in this light of, like, it being more enlightened, Mm -hmm. or especially Mm -hmm. when there's Mm -hmm. media coverage of people who are co-parenting together. I mean, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword, because it's, like, it's so great to see them highlighting people who are doing different things, like, maybe it's a triad co-parenting together, or more, a bigger polycule that's co-parenting together, or cohabiting, um... Or doing any number of things, but then at the same time, like it's painted in this light of, like, look at this new crazy thing that people are doing, and it's always white people. Like, I've never seen one of those stories right. that has involved anyone of color, mm-hmm. at least yeah. not that's come through my newsfeed. It's been all white people. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that it's like people who have been non white and like non middle class have been mm-hmm. doing things like this for centuries, yeah, for millennia because right. of circumstance, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, well we can't afford to have a house just me and my husband and our baby like so we need to invite like friends and roommates and maybe like aunts and uncles to live with us right. to help take care of kids because we can't mm-hmm. afford childcare, you yeah. know and so these have been circumstances or like living situations that have worked out quite well because i do believe that human beings were meant to co-parent in larger groups than two people mm-hmm.
2: um yeah well even in probably, europe i mean it, it's very like a it's a very prevalent thing to have multiple generations living in the same, in house. The same house yeah in some countries yeah.
0: more than others sure for yeah. certain yeah. yeah yeah um but like uh, i remember uh, an indian friend talking about you know an indian friend was talking to an american friend and she was the american friend was talking about how she's like well you know why do you still live with your family like yeah. i you know i can't imagine living with my family i love having my own place yeah. and her indian friend because of being raised in a different culture uh was like what do you i can't even imagine not living with my mom like that mm. would be so awful that would be no. weird yeah. but it's not like a Oh, I have to do this because I can't. It like, yeah. really does depend on the culture that you're yeah. a part sure. of, that you're so raised. in. So
1: that's the thing is, it's more that like what a lot of people are discovering is like, oh, actually, this nuclear family thing maybe is not the best.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's a fairly new development. <laughs> it is a yeah. fairly
1: new development, and maybe it's not the best. And so, but it's not like we're inventing this new revolutionary way. Like this, these have been around for for sure, right. many, 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 many years. Yeah,
0: having a family of more than two parents yes. essentially yeah. has been the normal way that humans have done things for way longer than we've done And some this. would argue also the same with yeah. like
1: with multiple partner relationships as yeah. well. No, absolutely. This isn't a new thing that Rage we just all discovered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, like, right. We've been doing this for a long time. Tribal communities have been doing this mm-hmm. for a very long time. Certainly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and even just people, you know, as Dedeker points out in her book in her history section, that even... This more modern polyamory not even talking about tribal living mm-hmm. but even though that's something that that is a newer term polyamory people have been doing it a lot longer mm-hmm. for sure and it's just because we live in a day of the internet where it's easier to find community mm-hmm. across the world yeah. that now there's sort of a label for it and it's kind of a whole movement instead yeah. of just being a thing that some people did Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so i mean if, when people start thinking about this and kind of Questioning their own privilege or lack thereof, and exploring the different arenas where they may have privilege and where they don't. I mean, what are people supposed to do with this information? I,
0: I mean, awareness is huge. Yeah. yeah, I feel like just being aware of it is yeah. actually a really big checking your privilege, part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, is kind of the that I would say honestly, like if nothing else, like the two things I would want someone to take away from this episode is being aware that they probably have types of they they probably have types of privilege they didn't realize they Mm -hmm, had mm -hmm. is one part and also that there's some that they don't have but more importantly to understand you do have privilege that you might not be aware of and then two is that because you have that privilege doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that everything's been easy in your life Mm -hmm. or that you've never suffered yeah Yeah. right um that that all of us have hard things in our lives and all of us have things that we can be proud of Mm -hmm. Um, and just because you had privilege in some way or another doesn't mean that those achievements are invalidated Mm -hmm. sure yeah But it's important
2: to understand the suffering of others as well and realize that we're all not so different. We are incredibly different, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, we all are bound together by this mutual, like, goodness and this mutual suffering of just Mm -hmm. living on this Mm -hmm. planet. Right. That's dying around us. (laughs)
0: Sorry,
2: I'm not pleased with the current administration and their decision-making. Okay, well... We can't talk about this right
0: now.
1: With that... Anyways. (laughs) Where can they find us?
0: Uh, All right, yeah. If you want to check out more of our stuff, you can go to multiamory.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I was just reading through some of our reviews and just being so incredibly moved by all of you who have taken your time so far to write about what you get out of this show, what it means to you. Um, if you haven't written a review, we would love it if you did. It um, does a lot, actually, to help people find us. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, because there's a lot of podcasts out there, and if this is something you like and wish more people listen to, um, then writing a review is a great way to help do that. Yeah. Um, all right. I all right. think that's yeah. it. Thank right. you so much. You Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.